Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents... Captain Optimism is here. I'm going to get a costume, like a Captain America costume, and I'm going to replace the A with a O. I feel like you should just do like some terrible like $2 cape that's like red <laughs> and like a, and like, like a cheap little yeah. mask. <laughs> Sports Talk Saturday. I just have, to have a piece of paper with optimism <laughs> taped on my shirt. On WGR. Oh, no. <laughs> Crazy Derek's coming. Stop. Wait. Wait. Listen to me. Here I come to save the day. If he can get, there he goes. We're, we're all right. Sports Radio 550. The more things change, the more they stay the same. Welcome into Sports Talk Saturday here. Derek Kramer, Evan's on the board, and I've got my boy Kyle Powell. If I've known you for one thing over all these years, is that you've always been a captain of optimism. Let's no, no, no. That's Josh in that clip. It's not me. It's not you? No, Crazy Derek. Is, the intro, the intro is called okay. Captain Optimism versus that. Crazy Derek. Gotcha. Yeah, no, that, yes, is absolutely what I've been known for, especially over the years. And thanks, Bills. You're probably seeing that again today or hearing that. You're going to see it. Everyone else will hear it. Yeah, you know. You least, two are going to see the animated looks on my face. At least he warned me. Yes. Which I don't really need a warning at this point. <laughs> but I appreciate it anyway. Yeah, I mean, so back when we were doing the uh, the Leftovers podcast here, which that channel still exists on the website, by the way. I'm stunned. Really? Yeah. You can find, you can literally find those old podcasts on demand at WGR550.com. Oh, man. Evan was probably like 12 when we used to do those. <laughs> It was 2019, man. It's not Doesn't, that. It's not that long. Ago. Oh, those were the last ones. But yeah, that feels like 2019 feels like a long time ago. I mean, that's because 2020 counted as three years for everyone. Yes, mentally, emotionally, first time, and for some, very much physically happened for humans. Yeah, but like, yeah, no, like you could actually hear those old podcasts with you, me, and Frank on demand. Those are great times. Those are great times, and I'm kind of bringing them back because I've had Frank frequently showing up on this show. Yep. I'm bringing you in now to the fold. TJ's here. So, and then there's my stupid voice. So The, the glue that holds I it together. I heard you laugh through the glass. Really? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's, uh, it's just recreating the old. The more things change, the more they stay the same. And, yes, the bills are probably going to cause me to freak out today. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, yes, I even warned you through a text being like hey you ready to go um because i'm probably going to go uh, insane today you know what you could do is you could just go on twitter or x 
whichever one you prefer to call don't, it. Don't I, I? I refuse to call it by its one letter name. Okay, then I have my answer. Uh, you can just do what I'm doing, and every time I'm not looking at you having a conversation, I'm looking at a video of Casey Middlestat being a dog. Yes, for a guy who had zero points last night. By God, extend him today. Mm-hmm. Extend him yesterday. The man just outworked the entire Minnesota defensive core. And then you hear this roar of, mm-hmm. oh my God, he got himself an open lane. And I mean, it's a shame that Bogosian had to go ahead and go Bogosian on it and just block everything about it. Yeah, Zach Bogosian limiting Buffalo chances at home. Tale as old as time. <laughs> we just used him in a grid th- today. Yes, we did. That was a good pull for you. Yeah, it was. Good, good pull. Yeah, the, the Immaculate Grid sometimes is a fun thing, and uh, Zach Bogosian literally just got traded to the Minnesota Wild, so it was a fun little pull for that. But the Sabres staying on the positive side. The Vibes team continuing its ascent. The Bills have become the anti-Vibes team, raising people's blood pressure on a weekly basis. Or now if, you're on tw- now if you go on Bills Twitter, everyone's bickering with each other and just bitching with each other. I don't, oh, have, yeah. I don't have enough time to get to this because we've got to get to Bruce Nolan at 11.15. But, and the thing is, is that this very place is part of the problem. So I need to make sure I clarify that before I say it. There's a freaking whiteboard here that I know Joe wrote on it, that sneaky Joe. Bill's EPA per drop back in the last month, 21st, in neutral situations. I don't need to see it anymore. I don't need to see the numbers. The numbers are lying. Or the Bills are making them lie. The Bills are making the numbers look stupid. I don't need to see it. Everyone should know it at this point. And I've got friends that we talked to from Cover 1. And they are showing the EPA per play. And it looks like decent things. But the problem is... If a team is making those numbers look like liars... There is a still a team problem. Yes. Do you think Latavius Murray gives a crap about EPA per play? No. Because what they are doing right now, the statistic that we should be looking at over the last four weeks from this team, is the points per game. Are they doing enough? No. Save for one game, New England. But even then... They haven't 25. put up 30 points since the Miami game. Yes. And that was a three-week stretch of beautiful, dominant Bills football that we're used to with this team. They are healthy. They are fully healthy, and they have a coaching staff that is getting in its own way. When this week, I have to see Sean McDermott saying they got away from up-tempo offense because they wanted to get into other styles of offense... Let me tell you the best style of offense, Sean. Score! Score points! Oh my god! Do you know how you can help your defense out that has been much maligned and injured now through the whole season? Score points! Is it scoring? I think it's scoring. Long drives, scoring. Yeah, sure. (laughs) That was the quickest turnaround for a clip I've ever heard. In the history of WGR. But it's it's ridiculous to me. You wanted to get into other styles of offense instead of the one that has been best for you this season? Used up-tempo against Miami. You put up 48. That's not a coincidence. You go up-tempo against Tampa Bay. You put up 20 points in the first half. In a stretch where you looked like the most inept offense that we've seen this side of the Pittsburgh Steelers. You go up-tempo in the first drive in Cincinnati. 
The only mishap was a drop from Dalton Kincaid. And you go down and you get seven. Why, as a coaching staff, are you refusing to use what is your best weapon? Tells me I have no faith in the offensive coordinator and the head coach. Mm -hmm. I'm done with McDermott. And I have to suffer through the rest of this season to do so. And I need Bruce Nolan to get me back off the brink that I just stood on and I said I wasn't going to do it. It took you five minutes. It took me five minutes to become a liar today. It took you five minutes. Five minutes and I'm a liar. Just like the Bills and their freaking advanced stats. Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings joins us after the break here. We go quick on the segment. We hit Bruce up and we talk Bills and try to lower my blood pressure again. Sports Talk Saturday, Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell, Evan already flipping the soundbite on me. This is WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Just for us as a, as a defense and as a whole team, first on defense, we got to do our part as a D-line. We got to get back to having the negative plays, the sacks, the TFLs, and uh, obviously the takeaways. When we get back to that, it makes everything a whole lot easier, a whole lot better for not just us as a D-line getting our mojo back, but just for the whole team. So I think if we just start by everybody on the D-line doing our job, starting with me, I think we're going to be in the phone for long. We'll just go back to our winning ways, I guess. Bills defensive tackle Ed Oliver. As we're in week 10 and talking about dire straits facing the Denver Broncos. Welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. This is Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. And look, someone tweeted at me over the break and they're right. Legends never die. Hashtag RIP RJ. Uh, tweeting at me saying, it's Jover, buddy. Just talk Sabres. They literally won last night and they play again tonight. And look, you're right. It The Sabres are absolutely deserving more of our time. And especially right now with how young and exciting they are and with the fact that they're on a pretty good stretch as well. One of Devin Levi's best games as a pro. That was the game too. that we were all ready for all season with him, which is irresponsible of us. 
But that's that's a way to get back on track. UPL is holding strong. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Comrie was looking really good until he got hurt. Minnesota's a big team. They had a lot of ozone time and big chunks. But they, they were, were keeping the Sabres. Yeah, it in. was an ugly start for the Sabres, but, but they survived. They weathered that storm. They weathered Levi that storm. Made some big old, big old saves and some big old people last night. Yes, and um, and then of course, who helps break the game open? Jeff Skinner, soaring and flying. I mean, I'd say it's certainly something for Jeff Skinner. Don't you don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to look Good. at you. Good. Join me in my rage. No. Embrace, it's too early. Embrace the it's chaos. It's too early. It is never too early to be mad about this uh, about the Buffalo sports scene. I don't want to be mad about the Sabres, though. That's a good point. Well, you're, you'd be mad at their past, not their present. Actually, okay. no, you're just mad at me because I have the quote up yes. right now. I know you do. Because I'm being a troll. Yeah. Look at that. The roles are reversed for once. Yeah. How's it feel? <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> but the main point being, um, I wanted to talk Bills right away because Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings is joining me here on the West Her Hotline. And Bruce, once you get my blood pressure lowered, the team is dead to me until Monday. That's fair. I mean, I, I think I should be charging billable hours to your doctor for that. But... <laughs> I think there's a subcontracting. I wonder what the tax implications are of that, but we'll give it a shot for sure. Your check is in the mail. Don't worry about it. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> uh, Bruce, you are one of the most level-headed people and probably the best person to bring on for the time of chaos that this Bills team has been bringing upon its fan base and um, even amongst its analysts uh, starting to bicker amongst each other. The main one being... The advanced stats are being made liars by this football team. I'm not going to say the numbers are necessarily lying. I'm saying the Bills themselves are making those a lie. I think that if ever there was an opportunity for a learning lesson, I think this last couple of weeks with the Buffalo Bills are. And I think that one of the main problems that we have is that the invention and the application of advanced metrics they're progressing faster than our knowledge base about them. So we're very comfortable using things like DVOA and success rate, EPA per play, when we don't really know precisely what they're measuring. And so when the time comes to be very specific, when the time comes to apply a qualitative outcome to a quantitative function, people struggle with that. For example, success rate, DVOA, which is, mind you, DVOA is built on a foundation of success rate, right? It starts with success rate and then adds a bunch of things to it. These things are going to reflect well on the bills. And you're constantly dealing with this friction because you don't know why. You go, well, the bills offense isn't good, but it's telling me that it's good. Well, it's not telling you that it's good. It's telling you they're doing well moving the ball. That's not the same. So historically, uh, you don't have to draw a, a distinction between an offense who's doing well and an offense is doing well moving the ball. Historically, those two things just go together. So it doesn't matter that the metric is telling us who's moving the ball well, but we're actually interpreting it as who's doing well. Like, those two things, they're different, but historically it hasn't mattered that they're different. But now, now it actually does matter that those two statements are different. And so I'm doing some digging, and I'm going, okay, there's 
there's a description here that we need to make sure we level, we level off, right? We narrow this down. We go, okay, I want to be specific with this description and understand that these advanced metrics correlate with good offenses because they outline how well teams move the ball. And the Bills are moving the ball well. However, the eye test is saying they're not good enough. Why? Why is, why is that the case? Well, great example. So for the entire year, the Bills are seventh best in the NFL in yards per point, right? Fewer is better, right? If you have to work less hard to score a point, that's good, right? If you only have to get, you know, 14 yards per point, that's very different than if you have to get 18 yards per point, right? This matters. How hard do you have to work? It's a degree of difficulty. For the entire year, they're seventh. In the last three games, they're 17th best. So they're having to work harder and harder and harder to score points. The field position thing is a big part of this. But then in addition to that, they're not getting explosive plays. If you look at plays per point, right, how many plays is it necessary for you to do it? Because you already know the degree of difficulty is higher, right? You're having to gain more yards than ever to score a point. But you're also not covering those yards quickly. You're not covering them with explosive plays. So your plays per point are now also down. Weeks one to four. 2.12 2.12 plays per point. Weeks five to six, well, five to nine, 3.16 plays per point. That is a huge difference. It's 50% decrease in how hard it is for you to score because you're not getting explosives. Now, all of a sudden, your eyes start to go, that's it. That's exactly what we've been seeing. I understand because, yes, they're moving the ball, but why does it look so hard? Because it is. It is harder. Your eyes are not lying to you. You're just trying to draw a correlation where there isn't a correlation because your eyes are telling you it's difficult, but the metrics isn't a measure of how difficult it is. The metrics that you're using is a measure for how easily the Bills are moving the ball. Well, they are moving the ball, but they're not scoring points. And they're having to do it over a long distance. They're moving the ball, but they're not getting the results. And so I think it's more important now than ever to be able to qualitatively define what a metric is telling you, and then line that up with your eyes rather than trying to extrapolate and assume what a metric actually means and then get mad when your eyes don't match the metric. Bruce, that is probably the most level-headed way to go about it because, again, it's more or less like, yeah, they're moving the football and we're seeing them do great things, but one of the reasons that it seems like the correlation is not matching up with a lot of these things is that they're not scoring points until later in the game. And one of the big things, though, is that when they're going up tempo, that is when they are starting to have more success. Tempo matters. And I think that one of the ways that tempo matters is it helps offset some of the other issues that you've been having. I think that if you're looking to try and get explosive plays, but you're not connecting on big passes down the field. One of the ways you can get explosive plays is by going up tempo. You can get up tempo because you can't get the defense in all the right positions all the time. They don't have time to set up perfectly and have all their shifts and things like that. And so you're more likely to get a defensive mistake when you go up tempo. And in the event that you're not able to generate offensively explosive plays through scheme, you might be able to generate it through execution. How do you generate it through execution? You can generate it through execution by having the defense make a mistake. How do you make the defense make mistakes? You can go off tempo. 
Now, obviously, you can't operate at a breakneck pace all the time, right? That's just that's, that's, that's not good formula. But you can do it more than they have been doing it. The Buffalo Bills have been slowing down their pace this year relative to previous years. And so that's something that is a, a topic that I think has a qualitative connection to scoring points. Like I just explained, like you can, you can tell yourself a story that leads to faster offense scoring more points. And I think it's backed up by the metrics. And so I as well would like to see a faster pace. One of the problems is historically earlier this year, you saw Ken Dorsey run a lot of different personnel groupings. You cannot simultaneously run a complicated offense and also a fast offense. Those two things cannot go together. You can't have a ton of motions, a ton of shifts, a ton of personnel groupings, a ton of formations, but also run at a breakneck pace. You can't do it because you don't have the time to do it. And so defining the right balance between complexity and speed, I think is a really important thing for this Buffalo Bills offense moving forward. And I think that when it comes to Josh Allen, when it comes to the amount of injuries you've had, I think when it comes to Dawson Knox's injuries specifically, because the defensive stuff is, that is part of this as well. Defensive injuries are a part of it. I understand the concept that you want to slow down to protect your defense, but I think that the best way to protect your defense is to make other teams play from behind. So I would argue you should actually speed up to protect your defense, but Dawson Knox's injury changes this as well because you're not running as much 12. And so if you're not running as much 12, you're running 11 more often, you should probably be moving faster because you're not constantly swapping in that second tight end for a third receiver. So I agree. I'd like to see more tempo all those reasons why. Bruce Nolan of Buffalo Rumblings joining us on the Western Hotline. Bruce, of course, um, one of the major frustrations, though, with this offense, in in opposition of the defense, because you do mention that the field position battle has been harder for the offense, and that does have something to do with what has become a beat-up and mangled defensive front. Um, but what do you think that if there's anything that this defense can do at this point other than hold on for dear life? Goodness gracious. Man, if I knew that, I, I think I'd, I'd probably be making a, making a little bit of living as a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I think that Sean McDermott is playing with both hands tied behind his back. He really is. I mean, this is a linebacker-centric defense that has no linebackers. It is a, is a, is a, a defense that is predicated on getting pressure with four and you have uh, your best pass rusher coming off an ACL and still fairly ineffective. You have your second best pass rusher dealing with a foot injury and been really a shell of himself. Gregory Rousseau is fighting through some stuff right now. And so you lost your all pro one tech defensive tackle. So three of your four preferred starters are either hampered or gone. And so that's suboptimal. And you're doing your best. You, you went out and you got Rasul Douglas because you think maybe – this is a scenario where the coverage might have to help the pass rush rather than the pass rush helping coverage. I understand that Sean McDermott went a little bit weird last week against the Bengals. He blitzed Joe Burrow a lot, which is historically something you don't do against Joe Burrow. But when you're dealing with two backup linebackers, he might have said, hey, lesser of two evils is having these guys run forward, not trying to play in space. This might be a scenario where you actually do the opposite against the Denver Broncos. This might be a scenario where you actually rush three, rush four, you know, drop eight a lot of times and just say, listen, we don't trust 
the Broncos receivers to be able to separate. Russell Wilson's already going to hold the ball for a long time. We can get there and make him make a mistake and make him run around and do the things he needs to do. They're obviously going to, they're probably going to give Javante Williams 35 carries. I mean, I'm being sarcastic, obviously, but they're going to give him a ton of carries because they don't trust Russell Wilson. But in passing situations, I love to see him drop, drop eight because what was working before isn't working. You're not going to get pressure with four. And when you bring the blitz, you're still not getting pressure. So I'd rather just devote more bodies in coverage, even if they're backup linebackers, even if they're not going to be ideal in coverage, even if we don't feel strongly about Tyrell Dodson roaming the field and making plays in the ball in the pass game. I'd still prefer that just from a bodies in coverage number standpoint, because you might have to do something different. Bruce, do you think some of the disconnect on offense may have to do with like how much pressure they put on the defense on a weekly basis with how often they're out there and this bend-don't-break mentality? And maybe, again, I could be grasping at straws here, but maybe they don't know what to do, whether they want to go up-tempo too much because they're worried about making a mistake and putting the defense back right on the field, and sometimes they want to slow the game down and have these extended drives because of their field position. You know, I saw a... uh, I actually saw a tweet, a retweet from you from Mike Sando from a couple of days ago comparing Dable's final 25 games with the Bills to Dorsey's first 25 games. And the biggest the biggest swing in, in against Dorsey was the starting field position that he's at. He's 10th yeah. in the NFL versus Dable's first. So they're constantly fighting an uphill battle. And I wonder if sometimes we, we have this fight internally about why don't they go up Tumpa more often versus, you know, kind of slowing the game down and dragging that stick through the mud. Is there, is, you think there's a fear factor involved of making that mistake too early and you just put a, a banged up, really slow defense right back on the field? Is, is something like that going on on the offensive side of the football is too? I, I do. I 100% believe that there is a possibility that there's a protection of the defense built into why we're not going up-tempo more often. I mentioned that earlier during my discussion, my answer about going up-tempo and that you want to protect your defense. But the EPA per play on defense hasn't increased as the tempo has decreased. Like, you're not getting the benefit from that. So if, if, if going slower on offense isn't actually helping your defense, then I would argue the best way to help your defense is to try and score as much as humanly possible and as fast as humanly possible and try and at least help your defense with diagnosis stuff by putting them in non-neutral pass positions. So if you can help your defense by trying to get the opposing offense into scenarios where, for example, Denver Broncos, we just talked about it. I know for a fact that they're, they're going to try and run Javante Williams 20 plus times against the Buffalo Bills. We, we want them to not do that. We want to put them in a scenario where they have to throw the ball 35 times with Russell Wilson. Why? Because Sean Payton doesn't want to do that. You want to do something that they don't want you to do. So in this specific scenario, the Broncos defense has been playing really well over the last couple of weeks. And I know Vance Joseph is an extremely aggressive coordinator. I have a feeling you'll have a higher blitz rate than average. If you can get and pull off explosive, fast plays against the Vance Joseph defense, then you can put your defense in a position where at least they're more one-dimensional, which you know they don't want to be. So I know the intent. Like, what you are saying logically makes complete sense to me. The idea that they would want to slow it down to protect a banged-up and suffering defense. But it doesn't seem to be actually protecting them. So in theory, yes, I understand this works. 
but it doesn't seem to be actually working. So for me, it's much like the conversation we had earlier. We say, hey, what do they do aside from hang on for dear life? Well, the answer is try the different, try the other side. So for me, it boils down to, well, try the other side. Slowing down isn't actually helping, so let's try the other side. Bruce, obviously the Bills and the Broncos here, you mentioned that they don't necessarily trust Russell Wilson. There's a defense, though, in Denver that has been markedly getting better since probably the lowest, not even probably, since the lowest point we've ever seen in NFL defense since the 1960s. Uh, Denver coming in here with a couple of impressive defensive performances against Kansas City and even winning one of those matchups. What do you think they can present problematically for Buffalo and an offense that is reeling through questions that the offensive players decided they needed to talk about it as players themselves alone? I think there has to be a really good answer to the blitz. I think that, that a couple of weeks ago you saw Josh Allen not be able to hit his answers against the blitz. He wasn't handling the blitz properly. I think that one of the things that's been a, a correlation with the Bills over the last couple of years is how well the Buffalo Bills have performed against the Blitz in the first couple weeks of the year has always been markedly better than the way that they've performed against the Blitz in the second part of the year, which is interesting. From an EPA per play standpoint, if you look at you know, weeks one to four versus five to eight, the last couple of years, this is not this year, this is every year of the last couple of years, it's been markedly better the first couple of weeks than the second couple of weeks. It's almost like the Bills have answers built in to their offense when it comes to blitzing. And then defenses will pick up on the film, they'll counterpunch, and then it takes the Bills a couple days to find their own counterpunch, which would also help explain the offensive lulls that we've seen for the Buffalo Bills teams in October and November over the last couple of years. There's a correlation there. So for me, it's do you have a plan against pressure looks, simulated pressures and blitzes for the Denver Broncos, and is Josh Allen able to hit it? Because if he looks the way he looked a couple weeks ago against the Blitzes, then things could go bad. If he looks the way he looked against the Patriots against Blitz, that's bad. But if he looks the way he looks against Tampa Bay against things like that, then you look a little better. So I think the big thing on offense is what do you have to counter the Blitz? Is Josh Allen patient, cognizant enough to make sure he's hitting them? Bruce, obviously – not just with Denver here, um, with an improving defense. They have one of the toughest schedules remaining in the National Football League. I need your best, honest, Bruce Nolan, no-holds-bars opinion. Are they going to make it? Define make it. Uh, no, that's a good question. All right. Playoffs is uh, missing the playoffs is worst case Ontario. Everyone loses their minds and no one wants to listen to this entire station for like months at that point because yeah. we're going to be like putting on a trail of fire that will never have been seen before. Oh, that'll that'll make people listen. That's yeah. actually a good. My, my point. podcast will will go out of business. No one will want to listen. Yeah, <laughs> but um, I, I guess the the question is for me ultimately always going to be with this group: Are they Super Bowl caliber? And I already know that answer. Um, I guess I just need other people to hear it. So for me, the way the Buffalo Bills have been playing over the last couple of weeks is absolutely not Super Bowl caliber. So what they are and what they've been playing as is our two different concepts. So for me, I think the Buffalo Bills can be Super Bowl caliber. I think right now, over the last month, 
I don't think anybody would argue that Super Bowl caliber play. I don't think anybody, even the most optimistic of Bills fans, wouldn't be saying that's Super Bowl caliber play. But for me, the threshold for Super Bowl contender has always been different than it is for others, and that's a fairly much lower for me. For me, Super Bowl contender is defined as if you win the Super Bowl, then the immediate discussion is not going to be, wow, nobody saw that coming. (laughs) Nobody thought that was possible, and I don't think that's the case. I think everyone thinks the Buffalo Bills can probably win a Super Bowl because they have Josh Allen, they've been close, all these things like this. So I don't think the immediate narrative, if the Buffalo Bills were to pull it off this year, would be, wow, nobody saw that coming. Nobody, everyone wrote, no, no, no. Before the year, nobody picked them. I don't think that would be the conversation. So by definition, that would qualify them as a Super Bowl contender. But right now, are the Bills a Super Bowl contender with the way they've been playing over the last month? No. I don't think they are. I don't think you can lose the games that they've been losing. I think you can play the way they've been playing and say, yes, that caliber of play, if extrapolated forward in perpetuity, will get you to the Super Bowl. I don't think anybody would say that. So for me, it's a matter of are they going to bounce back, when they're going to bounce back, and what they're going to bounce back to. And then those three answers will tell us whether or not they're going to be able to, quote, unquote, make it. All right, Bruce. We'll see what happens Monday night and how much different of a story can this all become if the disastrous result happens. I'm literally knocking on wood as I say those words oh, uh, to, make yeah. sure, to make sure that I'm not the problem here. Well, actually, if I say that, I'm, I get things wrong a lot. Maybe I should say that the Bills lose, right? <laughs> I'm one of the, I'm one of the best at this station with reverse jinxing, so maybe I should just turn heel for the sake of this team. Uh, but, Bruce, thank you as always for coming on. I always appreciate talking to you. I always appreciate um, our conversations on Twitter as well. Let the good people know if they're hiding under a rock these days because everyone should be listening and looking at what you have to say. Um, but let them know where to find you if they don't. If you have listened to this conversation and thought, gosh, I'd like to be more of that guy, you can find me on social media at Bruce Exclusive, my show, the Bruce Exclusive, drops every Thursday on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network. Gentlemen, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Bruce, it's an honor to have you on here uh, anytime that we can. Thank you. Have a good weekend, and um, go Bills. Go Bills. That's Bruce Nolan, Buffalo Rumblings on the Western Hotline as – Bills and Broncos, Monday night, with all of us tensed up like no tomorrow. And that's why I brought in Bruce, so that things can calm down, things can be put into perspective, and maybe we can all have a bit of a more nuanced take to everything. I knew I brought him on for a reason. It's a good um, reason, too. It's a good reason. Good like reason. He's always going to bring in the facts to back up everything. He's always going to bring in some subjectivity to how to look at something and make sure not to put it in a concrete slab like I probably did this week. So that said, we got five more minutes to the segment and I want to say one thing and I'm going to say this now. Oh boy. The emotions are calm. Oh yes. Like I'm, I'm fairly balanced now because someone tweeted at me, um, the Nolan effect. Look at this. The Nolan effect is real, but, um, the thing that he said was, uh, it's Mr. Teeps on Twitter saying, Derek, give the listeners a break. No one wants to get this fired up on a Saturday morning. And you told me that face-to-face, too. Um, but I also did that with the exclusive intent to irritate you. And that was about Ralph Kruger. 
I sorry, I said a I said a horrible thing just now on the radio. Just don't. Uh, <laughs> big big red button. Big red button. Yep. The the that coach's name is not allowed to be said. Uh anyway, my point is this. I I had an entire week of this infighting from the fan base and this misery from the football team and the the one thing that I said this week was that the Sean McDermott bills are no longer fun to me. It's a chore. It's a chore. Personally. It is. Like, I have this show every week, and now I'm feeling like I have to watch the Buffalo Bills. I do not want to right now. And when you attack my enjoyment, I know it's not personal. I know Sean McDermott's not writing on a whiteboard. I'm going to mess with Derek Kramer today. Like, I'm nobody. But when you mess with my enjoyment, I take it very personally. And unfortunately for everyone else, I have a microphone in front of me. And a radio station that for some reason employs me. (laughs) Kyle just pulled the Jim Halpert just looking at Evan. Just looking at him like it was like the office or something just now. Here is my thing. And I'm saying this as calm and as serious as humanly possible. The Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott may at this point be better off without each other. A head coach, ultimately, no matter what the sport, no matter what the team, ultimately ends up becoming someone to get fired. That is ultimately what they achieve in this game. Very rarely do you walk out on your own terms as a head coach. We might see it in New England, where the most decorated head coach in football, if they continue to be what they are, there's no way that this secret extension that they had signed a couple weeks ago goes forward. Because at minimum, if they continue being the way that they are and Belichick doesn't want to give up the uh, the GM side of his coaching contract, the quote-unquote mutual parting of ways is a very realistic thing for Bill Belichick. Sorry, yeah. Sean, you're not Bill Belichick. Everyone can get this work. And the thing is, as a head coach... You ultimately exist to get fired. And what you're doing right now is working on that path. It will never be this thing of, oh, no worries. Like, he's always been this good, or the Bills have always been this good of a team. The problem is, when you hit a plateau, you need to do something about it. And their plateau happened in 13 seconds at Arrowhead Stadium. They have not gotten back since to that kind of quality of football. No, not consistently. There's not been consistently. glimpses, but it, and, we just talked about and it. And when he says the Bills got away from the up-tempo offense because we wanted to get to other styles of offense, when I screamed about points to start this show, that's because it matters. How do you take pressure off of a defense? You put pressure on another team to score and keep up with you. That is literally what you did with the Miami Dolphins. And yes, you had Matt Milano in that game. And yes, you still had Daquan Jones. 
and you would eventually lose Tredavious White in that game. That doesn't mean you can't put the pressure on other offenses. It doesn't mean that you have to stop doing what you're great at so quickly. You went a whole half putting the pressure on Tampa Bay. Why not do that against Cincinnati? Then you just stopped. You just stopped. The thing is, they're stopping themselves. Yes. And the players had a players-only meeting on only offense, which is telling me they know they should be better. And yes, the advanced stats saying it is harder to execute drives when they when they have to be longer. But again, the easiest way to ease off pressure of your defense is to put it on the other team to score and keep up with you. Yeah, you can't exist as the Chip Kelly Eagles. That didn't work. Literally, there's evidence of it. But once again, if my head coach is getting in the way of my offense from reaching its potential that we've seen, through years, get them out of here. Simple as that. Give me someone with a more forward-thinking mind. Give me someone that will be able to run the offense and execute it proper so that I don't have to be afraid when Brian Dable leaves. And with those, and with those words, I'm done with you for the weekend. I'm going heavy sabers because they deserve it. They played last night. They're on a nice point streak. And they play tonight. The Bills have rotted the core of my soul for a week. They got me to yell in screaming mode this morning in five minutes. They're done to me now. We go sabers hard and heavy. Throughout the rest of the show. Why? Because we got Paul Hamilton at noon, too. Yes. So we talked to Paul. We talked some Sabres. We get into some of this stuff. Let's get the vibes back, baby. Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer, Kyle Powell. You're listening to WGR. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Sometimes, sometimes the liners and ad spots just work. <laughs> we still believe, oh man, I got problems with that, but th- that's my personal problem. We that all was heard. a total coincidence. It, I didn't do, put that it's in on still, still brilliant based on what happened with my emotional roller coaster um, of this hour. Um, it's just... One of the greatest things about comedy is timing, and that was a perfect example of that. Like, I'm about to put the headset on, and I'm just chuckling. So that that's awesome. Like, and again, you didn't even mean to do it, but at the same time, hey, let's 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 have some fun. Let's go ahead and uh, and do that. Um, 
hey, Sabres are coming in with a nice little point streak. I do believe points in the last four. Leafs, Hurricanes, overtime loss. Yep. And then... Win last night. Win last night. Colorado shutout. Was that the other game? Oh, no. Before Toronto. Wait, did they? Oh, that's right. They only played two games this week. No, it was... Three-game point streak then. Yeah, the, it was because they lost game. to the Flyers, then Last they beat Friday. the Leafs. Yeah. Then For some reason, they get goosed loss. by the Flyers, who then lose the for the first time this season to the San Jose Sharks. Like, Can I just say how annoyed I am that Boston is still good? That it, Kyle knows this one very well with me and the Boston Bruins, so we're not even going to go ahead and... Un- we're not opening that can of worms. Like Kyle, <laughs> I can see his no. head shaking. He's like, no. don't do it. Um, because the next thing you know, the the screaming is going to happen again, and the words "Why is it always Boston?" are going to come out of my mouth. Don't so we're that, not even we're not even, we're not opening that can of worms. We we're just not got him down it. with his warm <laughs> bottle of milk. He's he's under his blanket. He's ready for his nap. Don't mention the Boston Bruins. We um, just got him docile. Yeah, we we finally got me calmed down. Uh, I can't bring Bruce Nolan back every time that my blood pressure increases. But you know what we can do before we get to Paul Hamilton? We can get to our booty cheek of the week. I wish we had a sponsor for this. It'd be a great sponsored what, segment. What would your ideal sponsor be? I don't know. What? I don't know. Whoever pays us money. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, Evan. It's time to get to the booty cheek of the week. I wish it was brought to you by something, but it's not. It's brought to you by yours truly and my smooth glass brain. Uh, anyway. 9.3 million people watched the Chicago Bears and the Carolina Panthers play something adjacent to football this week. And I gotta ask, what is wrong with all of you? Why do you need to see Tyson Bagent playing football? Kyle's raising his hand. I did not watch. I was not part of the 9.3 million viewers. But I also was not part of the 9.1 million viewers who watched the World Series, which your booty cheek of the week Thursday night football game (laughs) Superseded in viewership. Oh, no, 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 no. My booty cheek is not the game itself. It's everyone that watched. Will more people watch this Thursday night game on a subscription-based viewership oh, than the entire World Series? What I'm saying is, is that the NFL has become a cult and we're all victims. It's because the sexiest man alive was on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> that could be part of it. <laughs> that might have been it, but um, I... Look, man, the NFL has its grip on society, and it's never going to let us go. And 9.3 million people watching the Carolina Panthers and the Chicago Bears just to determine where the Bears are picking and where the Bears are picking. (laughs) It's madness. It's sickening. Like, here I am screaming about the Buffalo Bills. I'm not a fan of the Carolina Panthers, man. It could be so much worse. I am screaming and crying from a hilltop where I could be in a valley of death. But 9.3 million people decided their Thursday night was going to be watching what was pretend football. I have a nominee again. This isn't a classroom. You don't have to raise your hand. I have a nominee. Okay. Um, I'm reading something from... Guy named Max Miller. He's verified, so he must be real. So he pays Elon he, he eight dollars. Eight dollars to be important. <laughs> Although he is saying that per sources, 
Logan Thompson serving as the Golden Knights backup. Oh, uh, yep. You see this? Yes. Can't yep. wear oh, a yeah, cancer NH- ribbon on his helmet. The NHL being back to a nominee of Booty Cheek of the there Week. You go. I love it. Who What's does- up with that? Ugh. Ugh. We got to wrap the segment up. We got to get the Paul. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm going with the 9.3 million people that watched Bears and Panthers. Uh, Kyle's got the NHL for not allowing a cancer ribbon on the helmet for Logan Thompson. The backup goalie. Evan, you had sure. one. Go ahead and put that out real quick. It was you. I mean, it might be. I have what? You said off air that you had a booty cheek of the week. Oh, I mean, I just said that the booty cheek of the week was probably what was already just played. Oh, uh, yeah. Which was Thursday's <laughs> game. <laughs> All right. Paul Hamilton, coming up next, we talk some Sabres. They won last night. They're on a nice little point streak. They've got Pittsburgh tonight. Try to make it points in three of the last four. We'll talk to the hand bone coming up next. Or is it just the bone? I forget. The bone. It's just the bone. I said it wrong. Bone. It's bone. That's me. Yeah. It's bone. We're talking to the bone next on WGR. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.